We've been examining the call of God on the life of Moses to deliver his people from bondage. God chose to empower Moses and his shepherd's staff and through it to perform many, many miracles. Now, while that staff was in itself nothing special, empowered by God, it would bring Egypt to its knees, and it would also play an important role in, in getting the people of God into the promised land. And to demonstrate what he could do with that shepherd's staff, God tells Moses to throw it on the ground. And we know, of course, what happened when Moses obeyed. It became a serpent. But what I want to focus on here in this reflection is the response of Moses to what he saw taking place that day. Listen to the words of Exodus chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. And he said, that's God who says it, throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the ground and it became a serpent and Moses ran from it. But the Lord said to Moses, put out your hand and catch it by the tail. So he put out his hand and caught it, and it became a staff in his hands. When Moses saw what happened to his staff that day, Exodus chapter 3 and verse 3 tells us that he ran from it. Now, there may be any number of reasons why Moses would run from that, that serpent. The most obvious may be, in fact, that it became a serpent. And if his staff was six feet long and it became a six-foot-long serpent, that would be in itself reason to be afraid. But it might be something even more significant than that. And Moses may have been more afraid of the power that had been demonstrated that day than the serpent himself. What kind of power could change a shepherd's staff into a living serpent? That may be an even greater cause for the fear of Moses. But what is clear here is that what happened when Moses saw his staff transform into a serpent? He ran from it. Now let's take a moment to consider the response of Moses and its application to our own ministries, gifts, and callings. Now, when we surrender ourselves, our gifts, and our callings to the Lord, we never know what he will do with them. His ways, of course, are different from ours. And when we give him control, we are entering unfamiliar territory. Moses had that staff for 40 years, but what he saw that day frightened him. This was a totally new experience. He could handle a piece of dead wood, but this was a different story. That staff was given life, and that scared him. That kind of staff... He really did not know what to do with. And there was, there's no question that God wants to empower what we surrender to him. In fact, if he does not empower it, it is of no use. The piece of wood remains a simple piece of wood with only so many possibilities. But when God empowers it, however, it takes on a life of new possibilities. The power of God is not something we can take lightly. Men and women in all ages have fled from this power. 
Consider, for example, the experience of Isaiah in Isaiah 6, verses 4 to 5. This is what it says. And the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. And he said, Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Isaiah trembled when he saw the powerful demonstration of God's glory. When the Apostle John saw the Lord in in the book of Revelation, this is what we read about that experience. In Revelation chapter 1 and verse 17, When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. And it seemed like the very life was drained from John when the Lord revealed himself to him. Experiencing the power of God was not something these men took lightly. And as Moses looked down at that serpent, he was aware of the powerful presence of God. That power was too much for him. How could he stand in the presence of such power? How could he be asked to handle such power? I confess that there have been many times when I felt unworthy of the responsibility to be the carrier of God's power. I remember a youth retreat many years ago now then when I was speaking and, and I had finished speaking for the first time. And when I finished speaking, I went and I sat in my car and with tears streaming down my cheeks, I cried out, Lord, I have nothing more to give. I just did not feel worthy of standing in front of those youth. I felt powerless to to carry the authority of God to these youth. And what if God moved in the lives of of these young people? What would I do? I, I wasn't prepared to handle that. I feared a demonstration of God's power. I feared that I was unworthy and incapable of handling what God might choose to do. I feared that serpent and one wanted to run from it as far as I could. There's something very comforting in the old familiar shepherd staff. There's no surprises. There's nothing unfamiliar. There's nothing to deal with. It's the same old predictable thing day in and day out. And that is something we can handle. The problem is that there is no power. And it is that power of God that we need. There are many fears when it comes to the power of God. And, and, and Moses feared that power. Many of us fear that, that God may ask us as we, as we, as we deal with this power to address our sins and sins in our lives that we're not ready to address. I, I remember when I was going to Bible school, having a summer job on one occasion, painting the home of an elderly lady in the church. And, and that involved scraping some of the old paint off the house before applying a new coat. And she had given me an old knife that I was using to scrape off the old paint, and that knife, as I was scraping, broke in my hands, and and I was too embarrassed to tell her that I had broke her old knife, so I put it in my pocket and went home. Now, months later, I was in a chapel service at the Bible school where I was attending, and, and a preacher was speaking about making things right that had been wrong in our lives, and as I sat there listening, the Holy Spirit brought that incident to my 
mind. And the power of God's conviction was so strong that I could no longer sit in that service. I got up from the pew, walked a couple of miles to the nearest store, bought a knife like the one I had broke, sat down, wrote a letter, explained what I had done, and put the package in the mail, and only then could I have peace in this matter. Now, remember what happened when Isaiah was confronted with the power of God's glory? You remember what he said? Woe is me, he said, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips and dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. There is something about the revelation of God's power that confronts our sin and unworthiness. Sometimes we're afraid of what God might ask us to do if we if we truly surrender to him we, we like to be in control of our circumstances we like the comfortable and we fear that god may take us out of our comfort zone god may interrupt our schedule or our routine he may send me somewhere that i do not want to go there are any number of fears we might have of the power of god and its demonstrations in our lives the power of god is indeed a fearful thing. Notice, however, what God tells Moses to do in Exodus chapter 4 and verse 4. But the Lord said to Moses, Put out your hand and catch it by the tail. So he put out his hand and caught it, and it became a staff in his hand. Seeing the fear, God speaks to Moses and tells him to reach out his hand and catch that serpent by the tail. God calls him to address his fears. And if there's one thing that's certain, if Moses was afraid to use his staff, it would never accomplish what God intended it to accomplish. Now, what are your fears? For me, as I sat in my car crying out to God, I have nothing more to give. I, I, I had to ask God for strength and get up in the morning to face those youth again with a word from the Lord. For me, sitting in that chapel service, it meant getting up right then and there to make things right with a sister I'm not saying that everything is going to be easy, but there is one thing that is important for us, and that is that we determine right here and now that we will obey, that we will determine that our highest priority in life is that God be honored in my life. Now, let me tell you something about this fear that we all have about stepping out into the power of God. Listen to the words of Romans chapter 8 and verse 15, where Paul says this, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Paul told the Romans that they did not receive a spirit of slavery that caused them to live in fear. Fear is a horrible slave. 
It ties us in knots and paralyzes us. It keeps us from doing what God is calling us to do. It hinders our spiritual growth and keeps us from reaching our potential. Today, God is asking you to reach out your hand and grab that big snake by the tail. And when Moses obeyed, he discovered that there was no cause for fear. And the moment he grabbed that snake by the tail, it became again a staff. What we need to understand here is that there is no salvation apart from the power of God. We cannot truly become like Christ without the power of God's transforming work in our lives. We cannot serve the Lord without his power enabling us. We cannot see revival and salvation and renewal in our community without the power of God. Everything depends on God and the demonstration of his power. We dare not fear to allow him to show that power through us. We dare not run from him when he shows us that power. For without that power, we would have a form of godliness that is based merely on traditions and rituals, but no transformation, no real life. Now, the story is told of Andrew Murray, pastor in the Reformed Church in South Africa. And for many years, he had prayed that God would move in revival in his region. And the day came when Andrew was preaching in one part of the church and a prayer meeting was taking place in another. And a young colored girl began to pray. And as she did, God began to move. And the account of what took place that day reads as follows. While she was praying, we heard as it were a sound in the distance which came nearer and nearer until the hall seemed to be shaken. With one or two exceptions, the whole meeting began to pray, the majority in audible voices, but some in whispers. Nevertheless, the noise made by the concourse was deafening. And as this began to take place, one of the elders of the church went to see Andrew Murray to tell him what was going on. And Andrew Murray went directly to the place where the prayer, prayer was taking place. And after interrupting the prayer of the meeting leader to find out what was happening, Andrew Murray then calls for silence. And the eyewitness account concludes, continues, Mr. Murray then called out loudly, People, I am your minister sent from God. Silence! But there was no stopping the noise. No one heard him, but all continued praying and calling on God for mercy. Mr. Murray then prepared to depart, saying, God is a God of order, and here everything is confusion. And with that, he left the hall. And over the course of the weeks that followed sometime, sometimes those prayer meetings would go on until three in the morning. People would return home in the middle of the night, singing joyously through the streets. The number of people attending prayer meeting became so large that they had to gather in a school building, but even that began to overflow with people coming to pray. And what's most shocking and striking about this is how Andrew Murray fought that revival because he didn't look like what he thought it should. 
And it was not until a stranger from America attended his church and told him of similar events and great revivals there that Andrew Murray finally accepted what God was doing. And his own life was radically transformed by that revival when he finally reached out his hand and took it by the tail. Moses feared the power of God that was demonstrated before him. But it was that power alone that could bring God's people to the promised land. It was that power alone that could overcome the enemies on the way. It was that power alone that could feed the people in the desert. It was that power alone that could open the sea for them to cross on dry land. It was that power alone that could bring water out of the rock. And until Moses confronted the fear of God's power, there would be no moving forward. May God give us the grace to give him the freedom to do as he pleases in us, because only then will we know the fullness of his purpose in our lives.